Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Hey, we're diving in this morning. We're digging deeper wells. Um, I talked the last two weeks. I don't ever really say this much, but if you weren't here the last two Sundays, can I just encourage you to go listen to them online? I think they'll really help you uh, progressively throughout the course of this series, but really set you up. Two weeks ago, I talked about being stretched, and that's just a season I feel that God has all of us in, myself, my family, the staff, this church, and encouraging you to stretch. Just stretch a little bit more. Just go a little bit more than than where you've been. Stretch your faith a little bit. So we're going to do some things that I believe will just stretch you a little bit so you don't get comfortable because we're always moving forward and faith in God. And then last week we talked about digging deep wells or digging those wells, how the enemy over time can just throw dirt and debris in, in the wells of our life, our beliefs. Maybe it was a well that a family member dug years and years ago and we talked last week about that. Maybe you're the first one. Maybe you're the first one in your family that's really a Christ follower. <clears throat> Maybe that you're beginning to dig wells now. And understand this, that you're digging wells that your children, your children's children, your children's children's children on down will drink from. And so I want to encourage you in that. So really on my heart, stretch you a little bit, either dig some wells for the first time or dig out some debris of some wells that I believe that God had established for us in his word and then probably out throughout our heritage, certainly in this church. And so I want to challenge you a little bit. So I want to just start with one. I think probably is the well that gets the most dirt thrown in it. <laughs> it's probably the one that could be the most difficult for people or the most controversial. I don't know what word you would use for that. But for the next two Sundays, we're going to talk about digging deeper the wells of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and what that means for you and I, what God has always meant for it to be. Because let's just be honest, the world we live in today has a different picture than God intended. Part of that's because of the abuse of it, and that's unfortunate, and it frustrates me. People make my job harder in trying to share the gospel with you in that. And part of it is we just don't know. We haven't educated ourselves, or maybe we're a part of a church, and no disrespect there, but maybe we're a part of the church that just didn't teach it the way that we see it in the scripture. And I always want to, before I start this topic, I always want to say this, come for the entirety of the series. Don't form an opinion just based on a moment or an emotion. And I'm going to do the best I can to teach and not preach this morning because I don't don't want to move you emotionally. I I want you to really see it in God's word because it has has to be a foundation in who you are. Because you're building, you're digging a well, building a foundation for your family. And you may not agree with me at the end of this, and you make your own decision based on that, and that's fine. But as for me and my house, we're going to continue to dig the well and drink from the well of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And but here's what I know. The most important thing we do, the number one priority in life is reaching people that don't know Jesus and sharing the love of Christ. Amen? Because no matter what, you cannot go to heaven without Jesus as Savior and Lord. And so whether you agree with me on this topic or some of the other ones we'll touch on, and I hope that you just come and feed on it yourself and then make your decision based you know, on that, um, that we can still work together when people for Jesus, amen? We can still reach out and reach the lost. And so I just want to share a few things with you uh, these upcoming weeks, but in particular these two, on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I need to lay a foundation this week, and then we'll dive into the, really the one aspect of the Holy Spirit that, that there's perhaps a little bit of pushback on, and that is the heavenly language or speaking in tongues. And yes, we do believe that here. And I know what you're thinking, just when I was really liking this place, right? <laughs> come on, Pastor. Or some of you are thinking, really? I just got my neighbor to come today. I've been working on them for a long time, and here they are. Don't worry. It's all the truth of God's word. He wrote it. And you can trust God, amen? Don't take my word for it. Take his word for it. And if you don't like it, take it up with the author, not the messenger, right? You can take it up with my boss. But I just want to share from the word with you today. Um, I'm going to lay a foundation. It really, when it comes to things like the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when we talk about the word baptism, that's where we're going to go today. There's really three baptisms in scripture that the Bible says that we all need to have. All three of them. The Bible says we all need to have. One of them, only one of them, 
you need for heaven. The other two you don't, but the other two you need to walk in the fullness of what God has on earth. And so let's start this way. Number one, let me give you number one. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. And that word baptize, we'll use that all throughout this series for sure. That word baptize is a Greek word, baptizo, that literally means to immerse. It means to saturate, to completely cover, to get completely wet. That's why we baptize the way we do. We want a donkey. We want you under, right? Completely immerse. So the word baptizo is the same for all three baptisms, to be immersed. So the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. Take a look at 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Here's what the first part says. For by one Spirit, capital S, Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Now understand when you get saved, as we know to be saved, when you get saved, receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, it's the Holy Spirit that baptizes or immerses you into the body of Christ or into Jesus, amen? So your first baptism is I have been baptized by the Holy Spirit into Jesus or the body of Christ. The second baptism is water baptism. The disciple baptizes us in water. The disciple baptizes us in water. That's why pastors are not just pastors, you'll have pastors or staff. Any disciple or meaning Christ follower, can I just say it this way? Not just saying a Christian. <laughs> That's a pretty generic term, it's kind of lost its meaning today, right? Let me say disciple, Christ follower. Any Christ follower can baptize another. In fact, we love that when we do water baptism here. We love for family members, especially dads or moms, to come be a part of that process. I think that's such a powerful moment. But the disciple, the Bible says, baptizes in water. And you can see that in Matthew 28, 19, part of the Great Commission, a very famous scripture, says it this way. Go therefore and make disciples, Christ followers of all the nations, baptized, totally immersing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's what, if you were water baptized, that's probably what you heard somebody say. I say it all the time. We baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That is an immersion in water. And number three, let me give you this one. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Take a look at Matthew 3:11. Here's what it says, Matthew 3:11 says this, "I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance." This is John the Baptist talking, but he capital H meaning Jesus, he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not even worthy to carry. He will baptize you with or in with the Holy Spirit and fire with the Holy Spirit of fire. So understand Jesus baptizes us in or with the Holy Spirit. You can interchange those prepositions, in or with, but Jesus, come on, Jesus baptizes us in the Holy, should you ever be afraid of what Jesus has for you? No, should we ever be scared of what Jesus, it's just we haven't been taught or we haven't been taught right. So Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Now really when you see those three baptisms, and if you guys mind if you could put them up on the screen, understand the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ, the disciple baptizes us in water, and Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. So knowing that, really, the first one and the third one are the ones we really get mixed up sometimes. In fact, we think they're the same, and that's a lot of what our struggle can be. And I wanna talk about the third one here, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, but I want you to know there's a difference between the baptism that the baptism of the Holy Spirit does in Jesus and that Jesus does in the Holy Spirit. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit baptism is what the Holy Spirit performs. So the first one is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so the Holy Spirit's job initially is to baptize us into the body of Christ. It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The third one is the work of Jesus. 
Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit. Can I just tell you this morning, theologically, those are two complete different things. They're two complete different subjects. They're not the same. And can I tell you, grammatically, <laughs> for all you grammar nerds out there, whatever that is, and obviously I'm not one, how bad my grammar is, uh, grammatically, they're two complete different things. They are not the same thing. So you don't get everything that God has for you the moment of salvation. You get access to heaven for sure. But you, and you have to be saved before you can be water baptized or baptized in the Holy Spirit. But you don't need water baptism or baptism in the Holy Spirit to get to heaven. Let's make that very, very clear. But God never wanted you to stop with the first step. He wanted you to experience who he is in the full or the fullness of him. And so I want you to understand those are two completely different things. Number one, the baptism into the body of Christ. And number three, if you will, Jesus baptizes us in or with the Holy Spirit. Now, baptism of the Holy Spirit, or in the Holy Spirit rather, baptism in the Holy Spirit or with the Holy Spirit, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels that talk about the life of Jesus, there's very few things that you find in all four Gospels. Let me tell you how important baptism in the Holy Spirit is. Baptism in the Holy Spirit, or let me say in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the only things that you find in all four Gospels are the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, which is our basis for salvation, amen? Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, amen? You find the baptism in or with the Holy Spirit, and the only other topic you find in all four Gospels about the life of Jesus is the feeding of the 5,000. So let me explain it this way. The most important thing that the Holy Spirit inspired the writers of the Gospels to write in every Gospel, if you will, the story of Jesus is his death, burial, and resurrection, that he baptizes you in or with the Holy Spirit, and that he is a provider. You find it in all four Gospels. Go ahead and read it. We're going to talk about it this morning. And isn't it, isn't it interesting that the two most controversial subjects in church today are the provision and the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Don't you think God knew that? So he made sure he emphasized that in every gospel. And that's why the enemy fights so hard and keeps wanting to throw dirt in your well. Because he doesn't want you to walk in the provision of God. He doesn't want you to walk in the power of God. And so those are the only three topics you find in all four Gospels emphasizing the importance of what God always intended for what you and I to walk in. Let's just talk about that for a second. So we already saw in Matthew, take a look. Let me say this, the all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called synoptic Gospels, meaning similar. You find the same thing in all three of those Gospels. And what you find, other than after the birth of Jesus, it skips ahead and it skips ahead, you find the last year of his ministry, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You find the third year, last year of Jesus' ministry. So John, years later, in like 70 AD, thought, somebody ought to go back and tell about the first two years of his ministry. So the Gospel of John, when he wrote that, he went to talk about, that's why that's different than the others. He talks about the first couple years of Jesus' ministry. But all four of them, are, yeah, all four of them cover those three topics. I just find that interesting. So let's take a look. We already saw Matthew. Take a look in Mark, Mark 1, 8. Here's what the Bible says. I indeed baptize you with water, but he, Jesus, will baptize you with or in the Holy Spirit. Luke 3, 16. Matthew, Mark, now Luke. John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one, capital O, Jesus, mightier than I, is coming, whose sandals strap I'm not even worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, with or in. Take a look in John now. He gives a little bit different picture here. John 1, <clears throat> I did not know him, now listen to this, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, descending 
and remaining on him, capital H, this is he, capital H, who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So he says, John, here's how, you go, here's how you're gonna know who baptizes in or with the Holy Spirit. You will see the Holy Spirit descend from heaven on and remain upon. That person is one who baptizes with or in the Holy Spirit. Again, and we know that John baptized Jesus. We know the story, Jesus came to be baptized and John had this argument with him, I'm not worthy, and Jesus said, no, we need to do this so the scripture is fulfilled. And then as he was baptized, he came up out of the water. The scripture says, heaven opened up and the Holy Spirit descended like a dove. Not a dove descended on Jesus like the Holy Spirit. Come on, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove on Jesus and remained. There's only a couple other places that you see, and in fact, it's in the Old Testament, that you see the Holy Spirit descending, but you never see the Holy Spirit remaining except right here in the New Testament in Jesus. The Holy Spirit remains. As the Bible says there, he's the one then who will baptize in the Holy, or with the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, you see the Holy Spirit descended upon King Saul, but then King Saul did not listen to God and offered sacrifices without the prophet Samuel, and so the Holy Spirit, the Spirit was removed from him, and you saw King David, the Holy Spirit descending upon, but then he got into sin with Bathsheba, and then the Spirit of God was removed from him. He even prayed a prayer, do not remove thy spirit from me, return unto me the joy of my salvation. The only time you see in the Bible the Holy Spirit descending and remaining is right here, and it says, he is therefore then the one who will baptize in the Holy Spirit. Are you with me this morning? Come on. All right. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Again, then we have nothing to fear is from Jesus. So Jesus was baptized. Jesus was baptized with or in the Holy Spirit on this earth. So here's my question. So if Jesus needed to receive the Holy Spirit or needed the Holy Spirit to come on him while he was on the earth, if Jesus needed to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, do we need to? That's not a trick question. I mean, the answer would be absolutely. I mean, especially us. But Jesus needed that. So when we look at this, uh, these passages, I want you to notice three words. We're talking about uh, three words here, three baptisms. We're talking about salvation, we're talking about water, and we're talking about spirit. So guys, you, you're going to put that one up there. Salvation, water, and spirit. We're talking about that this morning. So salvation is the Holy Spirit baptizes us into the body of Christ or into Jesus. Uh, Water baptism is leaving the old behind, and then the Spirit is baptized in the Holy Spirit. So if Jesus is our example, and he is, did Jesus have all these three things in his life? Well, before you answer that, it's kind of a trick question because of number one, salvation. So this is a question, did Jesus need to be saved? And the answer is no. He saves. And understand what the Bible says about salvation. The Bible talks about salvation as being born again. Jesus was born right the first time. Because he was already the son of God. He was the sinless, spotless lamb of God. That's the only way he could be our sacrifice. You and I are born into this world sinners. Therefore, we need to be born again are reborn by the Spirit. Jesus did not. In a sense, he already came saved. He already came in the family of God. He already came in right standing with God, sinless. That's how he can be our sacrifice. But then did Jesus get water baptized? Yes. Did Jesus get baptized in or with the Holy Spirit? Yes. So if Jesus is our example, and he needed all three baptisms, if you will, then of course you and I need all three baptisms as well. That's how he set it up. So we need these three things. So let's look, at, let's look for these things in some scriptures. Let me know if you 
can pick them out. We're going to talk about all three baptisms. Let's take a look starting in the book of Acts, Acts 1, 4 through 5. Uh, these are the last words of Jesus, and then he ascends to heaven. Let's start reading Acts 1, verse 4, verse 4 through 5. It says this, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart, Jesus did, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise, capital P, from God, the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. He's already talked about it. Verse 5 says, For truly John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So he sends them to the upper room to receive the promise. They're already Christ followers, already followers of Jesus, and they're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. After he says those words, he ascends to heaven. Now understand, he had to ascend to heaven because the Bible says when he left to go to heaven, then he sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit could not come because Jesus is the one who baptizes in or with the Holy Spirit. So he had to go and then he sends the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit falls on that room. 120 people get baptized with the Holy Spirit. It says they see tongues as fire and began to speak in other tongues. And then it says they pour out onto the streets and people are watching like, hey, what's going on right here? And so then uh, they hear him speaking in other tongues or they hear him speaking in their tongue. The Bible says everyone gathered from every nation hears them speaking in their own language the wonders of God, and then Peter begins to preach a message. So we pick it up after the Holy Spirit falls, the promise, they roll out in the streets, and then Peter preaches a message to the crowd, and now we look in Acts 2, 37, 38. So here's the response to what we've already seen. Now when they heard this, heard them speaking, or actually Peter preaching, they were cut to the hearts, they were really convicted. And it says, and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? We hear you speaking truth, but what do we do with this? What is our response to what you're telling us? Verse 38 says, then Peter said to them, you need to repent, meaning you need to get saved. The salvation is repentance. You see the first one here, here's the, here's the first baptism, repentance, and then let every one of you be baptized, then you need to get water baptized, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do you see all three baptisms in this one scripture after the Holy Spirit was poured out because Jesus ascended, he baptizes with the Holy Spirit, they pour out, start preaching the gospel, the first thing they ask is, we believe what you're telling us, what do we need to do? And they say, you need to get baptized into the body of Christ, you need to get water baptized, and then you need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Did you see all three there? It was the normal, the normal situation back in the New Testament. Hey, back then, they didn't have to have a series on it. They didn't have to. It was a part of life. It was a part of being a disciple. It's just that over the years, we've got a lot of dirt thrown on our well. We've got a lot of dirt thrown on our, thrown on our well. So, and let me say this. He said, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit is not one particular gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. All the gifts. It's the Holy Spirit, all the gifts. Let me give an example of this guitar here, Pastor Cody's guitar. I won't pick it up and play it because I can't, but <clears throat> if I was to say to Carl, Carl, actually, I want to bless you today, man. After service, come see me. I want to give you Pastor Cody's guitar. <laughs> Pastor Cody wouldn't care. But, and, and then you saw me after service, and I just gave you the strings. And you say, hey, I, I thought you'd give me the... You said you're going to give me the guitar. No, here's the strings. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the guitar. We have a problem with one part. See, we, we take the pieces apart of the Holy Spirit, and then we equate that as the gift. 
The gift of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit. So we can't get hung up on one part. Because that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the whole gift. The whole gift. And we need to understand that. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you get all that he has. There is a gift of tongues. Next week we'll talk specifically about. So please, please, please come back next week and hear this in its entirety. And let me say this. Uh, For all those who have high schoolers, life night at five o'clock, they've kicked off a series on the Holy Spirit as well. And can I tell you, not only do we as adults need to understand this, our teenagers need to understand this especially. They need to walk down the halls of school full of the presence and power of God. They need to make decisions full of the power and presence of God. You need to get your high schoolers there. And next week, I'll be talking about that one particular part of the gift. Next week in here, I'm going to do the same thing in life night next week at five. The same thing with the high schools. I'm going to teach them on that. So I want you to come be a part of that. So listen, there is a gift. Uh, let me, okay, let me take time to do this real quick. I think it's important. There is a gift of the Holy Spirit. There's a gift of uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit that God gives in a moment on a believer that requires, there's a tongue, a gift of tongues, and an interpretation to go with it. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about the gift of the Holy Spirit that has a heavenly prayer language associated with it. One is given by God for a particular time and moment to express something. The other is you speaking to God every day in your everyday life. There's a difference there. We're talking about the Holy Spirit gift given. Baptism of the Holy Spirit is what we're talking about. We're not talking about the gift of. We're talking about the baptism in or with. Now, Jesus said, notice in there, Jesus said, wait for the promise. The promise is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we just read Acts 2, 37, 38. So for people to say, yeah, but the promise was for the 120, because I've heard that. It's just for those people back then in the upper room or the apostles or disciples, not for today. And I totally, I understand in some regard how, but, but they stopped reading after verse 38. We read 37, 38. So let's read verse 39. Here's what it says in verse 39. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off. Come on, we're part of the promise there. As many as the Lord our God will call. That's my kids, my kids, kids, my kids, kids, kids on down. So it's for everybody. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is for everybody. So three baptisms. What shall we do, they said? Repent, get saved. Then be baptized in water, then receive the Holy Spirit. Now, Philip was traveling to Samaria. So let's take a look at the story of Philip, Acts 8, 12. See if you see it all in here. But when they believed Philip, so they, they, they believed what Philip was preaching as he preached the things, what is he preached? The things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. They both were baptized, meaning they're baptized in the body of Christ. They believed what he was preaching. Now look what it says then in Acts 14. You skip a verse, go to Acts 14. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria, listen, heard that Samaria where Philip was preaching had received the word of God, received meaning the baptism got saved, they sent Peter and John to them. Why would they send Peter and John to Samaria where they heard the word of God and got saved? Well, here's what it says. Who when when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So what had happened in this moment is Philip was preaching the gospel and then people were repenting and getting saved. It got back to Jerusalem and says, oh, hey, that's not everything God wants us to have. So they sent Peter and John. They sent two apostles there. Why would they need to send them if they had already received everything there was to receive? So he sends them there. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of Jesus our Lord. 
Verse 17 says, and then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So Philip came and preached the gospel to them and they got saved. Then they got baptized, we saw that, and now they got baptized after they laid hands on them and the Holy Spirit. Why would they have had to come to Jerusalem if they had already received everything that God intended for them to receive when they got saved? See, many believers have been saved and water baptized but have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And part of it is we just don't understand it or we've seen an abuser or we form an opinion based on something else. But if you've received Jesus as Savior and Lord, why would you not receive the Holy Spirit? Uh, why, why would you not want, want to say to him like you need Jesus, Jesus, I need you to come on my, why wouldn't you say to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I need you to come on my life and, and, and give me the power and ability to walk in the presence and power of God and, and let me be, give me the power to be a good husband, give me the power to be a good dad, give me the power to be a good friend, give me the power to be a good employee, help me be what you've called me to be. I, I think it's because we think that when we're saved, we got all there is to get and that's not true. That's not true. If that was true, this wouldn't have had to happen. So when we get saved, the Holy Spirit does come and live inside of us, but Jesus wants to baptize us or immerse us or saturate us with the power and presence of God after that. Acts 19.1, Acts 19.1, let's take a look in this one, one through six. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, disciples meaning people that already are baptized into the body of Christ, Christ followers, he found some Christ followers, and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you receive the Holy Spirit after you got saved already? So they said to him, as many of us today perhaps could say based on how we are brought up, he said to them, we've not as much as even heard there's a Holy Spirit. And unfortunately today there's churches that interpret it differently, and they don't teach that there's another work of the Holy Spirit. So some of us, honestly, you just said, you, were, you didn't know because you weren't taught that. But listen, he said, they don't, we don't even know. We haven't even heard that there was a Holy Why would Paul ask that? He knew they were already saved. Why would he ask that? Remember this, that Paul is the greatest apostle ever. Paul wrote almost one half the New Testament, which is one half more than I wrote. <laughs> He's the greatest theologian perhaps ever. Our doctrine mostly is all formed by the writings of Paul. So if Paul comes knowing they're already saved and then asks them if they've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's something more there. He goes on to say this. He said to them, and he's gonna ask them, well then what did you get baptized? He's asking about their salvation. And what did you, were you baptized, into what? So they said, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, salvation, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they were already saved, and then when Jesus, or when, I'm sorry, when Paul came, they talked to him, then they got baptized, water baptized, and then when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Do you see all three baptisms in that passage of scripture? The baptism into the body of Christ, salvation, repentance, the baptism by water, and then the baptism in or with the Holy Spirit. That is now possible because Jesus ascended to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit. Some people in the New Testament got Saved, oh, so people in the Testament got saved, water baptized, and baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was what you did. It wasn't controversy. It wasn't something we had to go and undo some things or dig some dirt out. Let me take a little different look at it. First John 5, 7 through 8. I want you to see it's all throughout the scripture. First John 5, 7 through 8. Now listen to this. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. Listen to this. Three that bear witness in heaven. Who's that? The Father, the Word, 
and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. Now hold on for a second, let's switch greens on me. These three bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. What do they bear witness of? That there's a God in heaven? That there's a supernatural God? A powerful God? They're in heaven and the presence and power of God. They're witnessing, seeing that God is real and he's powerful. So it says the Father and it says the Word. Now, when it says the Word, a lot of times the Word is referred to as Jesus. And I know we don't see, it says Jesus, but understand in the scripture, Jesus is called the Word of God. In fact, Jesus is referred to as the Word. It says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Revelation 19, 13, his name is called the Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God. So you see the Father, the Word, or Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. So three bear witness in heaven, but okay, I get you on that, but we're talking about three baptisms here on the earth that occur in our life. And so sometimes understand what salvation is referred to is blood or the shedding of blood because the Bible says in Hebrews, the shedding of blood is the payment of sin. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. The reason why we can have forgiveness is because Jesus shed his blood, the spotless lamb, the sacrifice, so you and I can be baptized in the body of Christ. So anytime you see blood, it is referring to salvation. So take a look then at this, at verse eight. Three that bear witness in heaven, Father, the Word, Jesus, and the Spirit, that there is a God, a powerful God. So, we're talking about here on earth. So, there are three that bear witness on earth, the Spirit, Holy Spirit, the water, water baptism, and the blood. And these three agree as one that there is a God in heaven, and that he's a powerful God, and that he's just not, his fullness is not just to be experienced in heaven, but you can have the fullness of God on earth, because these three agree on earth, you can have the fullness of the presence of God. Right there. Right there, or right there, or wherever it went. <laughs> Are you getting the picture here? The fullness of the presence of God. Those three will bear witness with you that you have access to the fullness of the presence of God. It's not goofy, spooky, crazy. It's totally what God had set up for you and I. There are three on earth that bear witness. There's a God in heaven with supernatural power to change lives, and you can experience his fullness on earth. So here's what happens with these three saved. We become a new person. Salvation, we become a new person. Water, we leave the old person behind. And if you've not yet got water baptized, this is part of the process. And we had a water baptism scheduled for our, like the end of October, and I said, no, 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 I'm preaching on this and moving it up. So on the 29th of September, we're gonna give another water baptism opportunity. So man, we want everybody to walk all this out. I hope everybody that hasn't yet comes out the 29th and gets water baptized again. And then the Holy Spirit, we get the power to walk out our new life. Now again, I wanna stress that in order to get to heaven, you just have to be saved. I mean, that was evident by the thief on the cross. Oh, I guarantee you the thief on the cross would want to say, hey, now I got saved and talked to Jesus. Jesus said, you'll be with me today. I'm, the thief probably would have said, hey, guards, I just got saved. Can you let me down? I need to go get water baptized and baptized in the spirit. I'll come right back. <laughs> okay. There are a lot of believers that get saved but don't get water baptized or spirit baptized so they don't walk in the fullness of the presence and power of God. There's more to it. See, that's why... Uh, Water baptism, let me say this too, this too, that's why water baptism comes after a salvation experience. And, and I know there's, there's different beliefs and all that, and we've probably had different experiences, but that's why here we believe that a child, if you will, needs to be old enough to know what salvation is. 
Because water baptism then needs to come. So every, however your little kids are, then we have someone talk to them to make sure they understand salvation. So it comes after, water baptism comes after salvation. And I just want to throw that out there in case that you, there's, maybe you want to follow up with that a little bit. But, so we're talking about salvation, water, and spirit, the three baptisms. So the Old Testament, let me go to the Old Testament for you. I'm going to read a New Testament scripture, but it's going to talk about the Old Testament. And in 1 Corinthians, the New Testament talks about how the Old Testament is an example for us for the new. So the Old Testament is an example to us. Everything in the Old Testament points to the new. It gives us some instruction and opens up some examples to us. But let's look at 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 2. It talks about the Old Testament or a passage or a part of it. Here's what it says in verse uh, 1, 1 Corinthians 10, 1. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers, back in the day, their fathers coming out of Egypt, were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Hold on for a second there. It's talking about the cloud. Now, understand in the Old Testament, there was a lot more symbolism or figurative language. And so the Holy Spirit was represented in different ways as well. So when the children of Israel were led out of bondage or out of captivity after 400 years, the Bible says that they went through the wilderness, a pillar of cloud by day led them, and a pillar of fire by night led them. So both of those were representations of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who leads us and guides us. So he would lead them by the cloud during the day and lead them by fire during the night. So then it goes on to say this. We'll go ahead and jump to the next one. So it says, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Now understand where it says this. It used, look at how, how, what word it uses right there. It uses baptized, baptizo, all were immersed. Now it's interesting it says we're immersed into Moses. Moses was a representation of Christ. Moses was the deliverer, the savior of God's people. Jesus is our deliverer. Jesus is our savior, amen? Moses was a representation of that in Old Testament pointing to the new. So here's what they're talking about. All were baptized baptized into Moses, into deliver the Savior into the body of Christ Jesus, our Savior, into the cloud, the Spirit, capital S, and into the sea as they pass through the sea, never to return again, water baptized. You see all three right there and the reference to the children of Israel in the Old Testament. Okay, the rest of you, hopefully you will later, but it's there. It's there, right? You see that in reference in the Old Testament. They were baptized into their savior, if you will, a representation of Jesus. They were baptized into the spirit, the cloud, and they were baptized by the sea. Or remember the, 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 the water baptism experience is leaving the old thing. They couldn't return again. They couldn't get back past there. It's the same idea. It's the same principle that's being taught to us all throughout the scripture. And let me give you one other picture and then I, I gotta close. When the children of Israel left, uh, Egypt bondage, which Egypt is a type and shadow of the world and the bondage that we can be held into. We all need a savior. We all need to be delivered, all, all of us. The Bible says that we're slaves in bondage to this world. And so we know Moses came and Moses is a type of Jesus to bring, let, let, you know, bring freedom to the people, deliverance to the people. But when they then began their journey, after they brought them out of captivity, God created a people. He created a nation, if you will. And part of what he did is he, he created a, presence for, a place for his presence to dwell called the tabernacle. He's now formulating a people. These are God's people, a nation coming out of bondage. And so he creates a place for them to connect with him where the fullness of his presence and power dwelt on the earth. And it's called the tabernacle. Could you put my, 
My drawing was way terrible, so they had to clean it up and make a new one for me, but I couldn't even read it. But hey, they got this one for me. So understand, there's our three baptisms, salvation, water, spirits, all throughout the scripture, God's plan for everybody. This is a picture of the tabernacle. You see on the far right, the holy place, the first place you enter enter into the holy place, and the holy of holies is where the presence of God dwelt. The fullness of the presence of God is found in the holy of holies. But to get to there, there's only one door. There's only one way to God, amen? His name's Jesus. There's only one door only one place to enter the tabernacle, and the very first thing you come to is the altar. And at the altar, a sacrifice had to be made, the blood of a spotless lamb. Who's our sacrifice? The spotless lamb of God, his name is Jesus, the perfect sacrifice, who shed his blood for all of us. That represents salvation, the blood of the lamb. Now we can be baptized into the body of Christ because our sins have been paid for by the blood of the lamb. Then as they would progress, the next place they would come to is the laver. The laver is then where they would wash and they would wash the world in a sense symbolically off. So they would wash with water. What does that obviously represent? The washing of water, the next step in the tabernacle to the fullness of God's presence, water baptism. And then a priest, before they could go into the holy place or the holy of holies, a priest or the high priest had had to be anointed with oil. In the Bible, oil rep is represent, representative of the Holy Spirit. So they had to be, they go, went into the altar, salvation, uh, then to the laver to wash with water, and then to go into, listen, to go into the fullness of God's presence, the priest then had to be anointed with oil. Now the Bible says, when, and because here's a case people make, well that's for the priests, or that's for the high priest, but the Bible says when we hit the altar now that we become priests, kings and priests who rule and reign with Jesus. We are now a royal priesthood the Bible says. Come on, we're a holy nation, a royal priesthood. So it says to get to God's fullness, he set this in order from the beginning when his people were delivered and he created a people or a nation, the order he set is you need to be baptized in the blood of the lamb, you need to be water baptized, and then you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to get to the fullness of God's presence. Does he still love you if you don't? Yes. But you want the fullness of what God has for you. And here's what people do. They have no, can you put that back up, guys? They have no problem coming in that door and getting saved and experiencing the blood of the lamb, forgiveness of sin. We all are sinners, we all fall short. Thank you, Jesus, right? I have no problem even getting water baptized. And even if we don't understand all about that, we've taught on it before, it just makes sense. I know people that get baptized all, but then what we wanna do, I don't know about the oil thing, I don't know about baptism thing. That's just a weird thing, people doing weird things and stuff. I, I don't know, I've heard different things about that. So I'm gonna kinda skip that one and go around it and go in. It doesn't work that way. What if a priest was to enter into the holy place or holy of holies without the, being anointed with oil? What would happen to him? They would die. Now God's not gonna kill you, (laughs) but listen what's gonna happen. But you're not gonna walk in the fullness of life that he intended for you. So you can't skip that last one. Not to experience the the fullness of the presence and power of God. You can't skip it. But why would you want to? Because of what people said or because of what you were taught different or because people would abuse it or bad experience? Hey, figure it out for yourself. Don't even take my word for it. I don't know if where you were at in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You may have known him your whole life or you may have hearing about him for the first time. Can I tell you, wipe the slate clean and just take the word today and take it for what it is. I hope that you've seen that in the scripture. I've showed it, showed it to you many times. It's for everybody. God always intended for his people to be baptized into the body of Christ through the shed blood of Jesus, to experience water baptism, to walk away from the old man 
and to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be empowered with the fullness of the presence and power of God to live your new life as God intends. Don't get hung up on certain different things, and we'll talk about one next week. Don't get hung up on all that. God's a good God. Hey, and if Jesus needed to do that, that's good enough for me right there. Amen. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.